cold is not much of a problem for me. Although the other day we went surfing, and it was like five degrees, and yeah, I I nearly lost my hands. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like cold is a problem for you. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the UK Surf Show. We are your hosts. I'm Pete. And I'm Mitch. And on today's episode, something a bit different, Pete, I think. I, 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 I lost it. What is it? Did you get what, what I did there? Your... Did you get no. what I did there? I lost it. I lost it. Lost your, eh? Lost your. translation, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> lost your surf resort. Now, this is basically a wave garden in Scotland, freezing cold Edinburgh Ness. And uh, yeah, we got to speak to the guy behind it who started it and a load of the team as well. Absolutely. So Andy Haddon, the founder and a long time visionary of of this very, you know, surf lake in Scotland. I mean, what a what a big deal. And the team behind it, just an insane bunch of incredibly talented individuals but... you're saying that now because you work there now as well <laughs> <laughs> well that's a nice little plug as well <laughs> yeah i guess you know for uk surf show fans who clearly have an invested interest in me um <laughs> yeah no this week at date of recording i've just completed day two in my uh social media magnate role with uh lost shore but in no way does that make me biased <laughs> um, but you know when we recorded these <laughs> anybody um, that listens to you just know you everyone knows you're biased for anything you want to choose <laughs> anything with the word scotland in it you're biased towards it and that's how it should be though i <laughs> expect you should be the same pete um, for what english you can't do it with english people have a go at you <laughs> <laughs> so yeah no so when we recorded with the team it's worth pointing out um this was what way back in february so this yeah. was a, a while ago so this episode's going to be probably a little bit more disjointed than yeah, other ones. Yeah, so well, we recorded Andy this morning. You mm. were with him and I was at my home here because he wasn't yeah. available when I was up in February. With and then, magic carpet flying yeah. behind you on the wall. And with my magic carpet on the wall, that's fine. No one can see that, so they don't know what you're on about. Um, but... Yeah, so the other part of it was film uh, was recorded in February. So uh, what we'll probably do is drop Andy in, and then we'll come back, and then we'll drop the rest of it in. So let's just take it away with Andy and see what he has to say first of all. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. And if there's any issues with the audio, just to let you know, it was a bit of a random setup today. So the audio with myself and Andy in that segment might sound a little bit tinny. Shall we just uh, let this young fellow here introduce himself, the one that wants to get into social media because you get to keep all his air like you then, Mitch. But um... <laughs> Yeah, let's do yeah, it. Well, thanks for that introduction. Uh, I've not taken my cap off yet, so you won't see that involves the coup. <laughs> <laughs> no, no um, yeah, I'm Andy. Andy Haddon. I founded the the um, Lost Shore Surf Resort up in Scotland a long time ago now. And yeah, like you say, we're embracing the roller coaster that's social media now, which is all very exciting. Yeah, and I hear you've got, I mean, I don't even know, you'd have to create some sort of new role title for, you've got like a social media hero. 
Titan mogul on board? Or? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't know if any of those adjectives are true. If you, if you saw us day to day, maybe that's what we'll try to portray yeah. you know, to, our, to, our, to our paying custom. But uh, no, I think uh, it's a bit grittier than that. But yeah, we'll, have, we'll be learning a few things off you, I think, Mitch. Yo, well, I, hope, I hope to uh, deliver as well, so pressure is on. Good man. But, um, so I guess for people listening, um, previously known as Wave Garden Scotland, um, there's been a change in name, so some people might not be aware. Uh, now called Lost Shore Surf Resort. S- presumably, people will say Lost Shore. Um, the reason for the name change? Um, there's a few reasons. Uh, you know, in, in the early years when I was setting this up, um, you know, I really wanted to dedicate, you know, my life and, and, and those that were helping around me wanted to dedicate their lives to making sure this thing happened. You mm. know, that was the most important thing for us make sure it happened and, and hopefully happen in a way that allows us to, you know, install some values in our DNA that that we can really hopefully try to show uh, at, at, during the long-term venture. Um, but we had our, so at that time, our friends in the Basque country, you know, Wave Garden, they would say, what are you calling yourself? Have you got all your branding experts and your naming experts? And everyone says, no, because... You know, I know we're an interesting project and I know, you know, we're quite unique and people want to know about us. But the last thing I want to do is spend time and energy and everything we do is time and energy on things like that until we really know for mm-hmm. sure we're happening. And that meant raising the funds, obviously getting to it meant buying the land, it meant getting through planning permissions, it meant raising the funds and, and it meant getting on site. And at that point, you know, after a wee bit of sort of what are you doing with your name stuff? Is this a franchise? Everyone's bloody confused. We said, right, let's do it and let's try and do it properly. And and it was that point that we brought in some some good people, some good local people who came up with our branding. And yeah, we launched at the end of last year, changed okay. our name. Yeah, And it's it's clearly not an overnight project. You know, these things don't just appear. And I, maybe people don't appreciate the background. So I'm wondering when... For you, when did this idea even come in your head? Um, I was very lucky, actually, because in a sense, I I was a surveyor by trade. So I worked for a company called Colliers International. And like half of the Western world, I was made redundant after the the recession and and was told in no uncertain terms that if I wanted a job, I had to move to Birmingham. And that, to me, was a little devastating at the time because I had quite a nice life. I, you know, up here in Edinburgh, uh, I had my friends, my family. I just thought, you know, I was going to go through through life like that. And having to move a moment to Birmingham where I knew nobody in my mid-twenties felt like a big thing, a bit of a first-world problem, but it felt like a big thing for me. But I was put into their insolvency department. It was the best thing that could happen to me because basically what I did down there was help some very good people, I had some good bosses at that time, help companies in distress situations out of, you know, out of trouble or, or essentially have to sell their assets. Right. So it's quite grim, but a great learning experience. But during that time, I really used surfing as my crux. Um, you know, I came from a, a very sporting background, a sporting family, but I would head off and, and surf in UK or in Rest Bay in Wales and things like that. And so then when I got an email, a company email saying there's a study going on for a surf lagoon in Wales, and it was our head of destination a, a consulting a guy called Sean Young, who now works for WaveGarden, actually, going back, but he worked at Colliers. He was head of destination consulting. That email went to all the thousands of employees. But when I saw it, well, 
a phone shot up, and I was like, man, this sounds like bullshit. <laughs> he, was like, he was like a far more credible guy than me. He said, Andy, I've met these guys in the Basque country. They're, uh, you know, they're credible. They're great. I said, yeah, is it like one of those things on the back of a ship? But this isn't actually certain. Like, come on. <laughs> Andy, no, it's real. I said, go on, Sean, can you get me in? Go on, can, 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 if I pay for my flights, can you get me in? He said, oh, God, all right, fine. So anyway, that's how it, how it all started. And Sean, uh, to his eternal credit, somehow said to Waveguard that I, had a, I was a credible guy myself. I certainly wasn't. <laughs> um, but he somehow convinced them to let me on the site. And, and it, was, it was from, I basically went, went out there, got on the piss with Fernando at Waveguard. And uh, <laughs> he asked me numerous times if I had the money. I told him numerous times I didn't. And we took it from there. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's how all this started, start, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So um, then, so from that, going from that, and then like seeing other wave gardens pop up, and let me take for example the wave garden in Bristol pop up, and you've seen how stressful that's been for people involved. Did that change your mind at all about setting setting your own one up, or did it uh, did it push you further, or like did you learn from it? Yeah, the, the last one you said, you learn from it, all these situations you learn from, you know, um, uh, in my, my experience in setting up business, this is the second business I've set up or sat in the other one at the moment. I started that from scratch. And one thing that's become clear is that um, you learn most from your own failures. Uh, and you also learn from when you look at others and you see what, uh, how they're addressing their problems and how they're failing and how maybe you could do things differently. So it was very important for me to pay attention over those early years to what others were doing. And I was going through those similar stresses. I was doing them sort of quietly up here. Um, but when I could see them happening to others around the world, and I could see how these founders, these really good people, like, uh, you know, people like Nick, fantastic guys, and, uh, you know, seeing what happened to him and, and seeing stress he goes through, you know, it does make you, it does make you, uh, sort of question what you're doing yeah. and it makes you yeah. think well how can I do this in a way that is maybe more manageable up here uh, for us the answer is there's no easy way the, the real answer is to get one of these things up and running in the current marketplace it'll be a lot easier in future years but in the current marketplace you're just constantly in a trench but you can start to enjoy that feeling because you because you also get a lot of wins oh, yeah. you know you also get a lot of moments in the office or you know, there's not many jobs you go to where you, you find yourself hugging people in the office and you find yourself hitting the desk and it can be a roller coaster and certainly, you know, it pays its toll emotionally, but you have to love it. You have to love yeah. getting up uh, every day and, and fighting for something you believe in and, and persevering. And, and if you didn't love that, uh, well, if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Yeah. yeah. I, like I, the I, fact, I like the fact people say, like I've heard people say, well, the wave garden technology actually doesn't cost that much. You know, if you want if you want to set one up, you could actually get the wave garden technology for like relatively cheap compared to the whole whole thing of it. And then you see the sort of stress that goes with it. And you just think, yeah, good luck with that. Yeah. You're almost suggesting you're you're going to do one yourself. Oh yeah, I'm going to build one in my back garden. You know, just going to uh, chuck a few few of my millions at it and put one in my back garden. <laughs> what, so what what I liked, Andy, when we first met. I mean. It, must have been 2017. You'd done a talk at the Finisterre mm-hmm. store in Edinburgh, and it was—I think it might have been the first public talk about it at the time. Wave Garden Scotland and yeah. sort of public forum. You were talking about it, people asking questions, 
and it, you know, even then for me, same sort of thing. I was like, that's, there's no way that's going to happen in Scotland. I don't believe it. Mm-hmm. Having been to the site, you know, in the last few days, I see this, this, the magnitude of this, this process that's going on in the scale, Pete, yeah. is, is something else. Like, it's really impressive. And, and what I've seen in that time, the, the kind of team you have around you, and this isn't now about me, <laughs> the team <laughs> you've built around you, though, are so, from the outside looking in, seemingly credible and, and sort of relate to your vision and the the brand sort of ethos mm-hmm. that I, I, I suppose you would want. And I guess that's through a careful selection or maybe yeah. the right people being in the right place at the right time. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, like through both the businesses I've set up, so this one and uh, the business center we're sitting in, and then obviously the Waveground project, which is, feels like my lifetime project. Um, I've only, I rarely gone through a recruitment agent. And I think that the reason being is that um, the thing that's, got us the success so far as our relationships and so everyone that's come on board from the likes of Chris Bain who's who's my sort of like partner in crime and people people often even my friends say what does Chris do right and I'm like Chris does everything <laughs> you know what do you mean by everything he didn't he didn't wasn't he a videographer in his old life he said Chris is currently managing the only construction project in the UK that's on time pretty much on budget and he, and he does it because He's good with people. Mm. He's got common sense. He, he gets up and goes. He knows when to ask for advice. He knows when to give advice. These are things that can't be taught, and these are things that come through years of communicating. Me and Chris have a very good way of communicating with yeah. each other. We used to play rugby together, so without knowing it, he would he was passing me the ball for ten years. Yeah. I was constantly having to tell him, you know, I'm short, I'm long, get, get a move on. He was constantly. I'm in the, I'm in the car. And you, and you don't, <laughs> You don't realise, yeah, get on the bit, <laughs> You don't realise, you learn ways of communicating that you, that you can't go on to a, a CV. And, and that's happened with uh, the likes of Mark Stewart. You know, in the early years, he would just come and have a look at our planning processes when he worked at Freeze, said, who are this competitor in the market? And he surf retail. And then you end up getting to know the guy and you go, well, wait a minute, this guy, he's got a CV, but grew up on a farm so he's common sense he, he knows exactly how to fix problems yeah. he's got a really good bedside manner you know no everyone likes him he's got a calm yeah. way about him these things are important you know especially yeah. at the levels of business we're doing and these are actually the, the the things that really help you know ian williams i mean the list goes on alecandro it, it's just the guys that are doing our events um Je, uh, jenny and peter michelle these are all not old friends chris is an old friend everyone else that's come on board it's just I've known them somehow over the years. Nicola, you know, my executive assistant. But it's actually the way they communicate and buy into the bigger goal. It's what yeah. you need at the stage. You don't need the best CV in the world mm. to do what we do. You need, and you, you just need to be able to interrogate each other daily, not get pissed off with each other, not yeah. be an echo chamber and all kind of really put the project above themselves. I think yeah. that's it. Just absolutely put the delivery of Lost Shore above yeah, anything okay. you do yourself. So yeah. on that point, I'm just going to say it, put it out there. You're sure you're going to want Mitch on your team because he's going to ask you for shit all the time for social <laughs> media stuff. He's going to be like, right, you've got to do this. Do you want this? And and he's just going to have to end up just burying him under the pool, you know? Be like... <laughs> Be like Fred West, wave guy, and slightest. Uh, if, if he keeps putting his hand through his quiff like he does every thirty seconds, honestly speaking, right? 
Um, <laughs> Mitch is a good example. Seb's a good example, right? Mitch is a great example of a guy who a lot of people want to get involved in this project. And, and, and it's funny because a lot of people, for years, it was me, my, my begging bowl, please come and help, please come and help. And yeah. I'm still like that, actually. I'm still like that with the banks. Yeah. But now I get a lot of interest come work for the project. And actually, for me, it's you have to have a real grit and a real determination to be part of our team. Yeah. And I think even, if you don't mind me saying, Mitch, when, when, when I first came across you, what I could see was, you know, polished, um, social media stuff we, we didn't really know too much about. I didn't really know who Mitch was. I hadn't really seen him too much on the Scottish surfing scene, you yeah. know what I mean, at that time. And and it was very clear to me that Mitch had, has all the attributes to help a project like ours. Yeah. But actually, if, if he can't prove to himself and to us that he's willing to go out into a marketplace, which he's done, and fight to become create his own career that's what he's done and, and gain respect of the of what is a very parochial scottish surfing community frankly yeah, yeah. very parochial. and 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 those things take those things don't come flash in the pan and and he and the way mitch has gone out and he's helped the scottish surfing federation he's built his own career uh, in this they're the attributes that i was looking for more than just lots of people can do social media more than anything yeah. So when that point came, it's it's just been a pleasure having Mitch on, really, and, and teach us a few things about how to, you know, polish a, polish us up, make us yeah. look social media. <laughs> I was, was going to say, yeah, I was going to say that fucking backfired. You just ended up saying nice stuff about him. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, can't, I can't believe we're finished. <laughs> keep it coming. Keep it coming. Yeah, yeah. Um, have you had so? Have you had any points at this so far? Because, like we said, we, you know, we'll, we'll, we will keep this one shorter because we've spoken to all the team, but we will do a dedicated episode to you further down the line. Um, but have you had any points so far when you thought to yourself, "Do you know what? Is this really fucking worth it? Is this worth all the stress?" Not, not real. No, no. Like, yeah, on the face of it, yeah. Because when you've got people shouting at you, and when you've got, when you can, see you, there's people that you love around you that even when you hear the words coming out of your mouth, you sound this doesn't sound oh, credible yeah. enough. Yeah. But the the information that was very clear to me from day one was, you know, I I, I love surfing, right? And I thought, well, surfing is a it's going to be around forever. There's yeah. a bet. Let's see, it's a bet. Okay, now cold water surfing is going to be around forever because wetsuits have got a hell of a lot better. So no one's going to suddenly go, oh, surfing. No, yeah. Everyone collectively goes, oh, surfing's actually not that fun and not that good for you. Like, so it's easy bet. So then the next bet is um, our wave garden market leaders. And what I loved about wave garden, and what I still say to this day, is that a bit like maybe us as a project, we tried to do our work in the shadows for years. Mm. And from 2004 to about 2011, Wave Garden, I mean, what they were doing those years, I mean, like, no, no kudos, no nothing, failure after failure after failure. <clears throat> That's what attracted to me then. So in 2012, 13, when I actually got to know them, and they told me that story, mm. and they said, but you just watch because it's not that there can be other technology companies that can't necessarily do this. And you're seeing yeah. that materials in the market. But no one can build sites on this scale with this much moving water without failing a few times. For sure, you, yeah. you, can't, you, can't, you can't do You can all have all the fluid dynamic engineers in the world telling you that this is going to look like this, but until you've ran multiple millions of cycles in real-life situations, um, there's a reality to, 
to the commerciality not being there. And what you need to raise money on these projects is commercial credibility because the banks and the pension funds don't care nearly as much about surfing as it's what we do. Mm-hmm. They want to know the obsolescence of a boat if something goes wrong in three and a half years' time and you have to tell them and you have to be very clear with them about yeah. that. Or certainly not me, but our engineers do. So when you make those bets in the early years and then you say, well, I lived through a recession where people were starting to change what they wanted in life even after 2008. The pandemic's fast-tracked that, but I got made, you know, I went through my own version yeah. of that. Oh, yeah, and, and I could see the world moving towards staycation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, why, why, why holiday abroad all the time when you've got great places in the UK? And I could see it moving towards outdoor pursuits and just people wanting their mental health and people understanding that they can't control their own futures because if you live at, you work in a big company and, and they change strategy, you're out the door. Yeah. So there was going to be a lot more people go, well, if I can't be rich, then what can I have? I can live by the sea. No one can stop me doing that. No one can stop me surfing. Yeah. So when, you, when, you, when I really, truly believed those things in 2014, 15, the rest is history. Yeah. The rest is just, even now, the rest is just, the rest is just, oh, this is, it's the easier the hard way. Mm-hmm. Because 100% when this thing's opened in Scotland, and now, you know, you were there yesterday, Mitch, Visit Scotland at the top. I mean, years with Visit Scotland. The top guys are now like, this is going to revolutionise, you know, yeah. the tourism industry in Scotland. And you're like, yeah, of course it is. Yeah. But it was obvious. Yeah. It's yeah. just hard to make it happen. Yeah, yeah. Now, now, now it's now it's happening and moving forwards. You get those people that are like, "Oh, oh, hello. This is this is good. This is yeah. going to be what we think is going to be." And you spoke about one of the, if not the only, project on time on budget. Where is the project currently, and what's the kind of projection? When does it open? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's well, the big one. Go. When can I surf it? <laughs> that's, no, well, that's it. Well, look, um, wet commissioning is going to be next summer. So we're due to have a practical completion in early summer next okay. year. And then we have to go through the wet commissioning pro- process, which is obviously where we've gone, come in and run all the waves and trial the waves. And hopefully we'll get a few shots as well. And then opening to the general public sort of late summer, we're aiming probably for about September. Okay. Um, to open so now and once we're open the reason the biggest commodity we've had is, is time mm-hmm. obviously if if i'd been handed you know 100 million pounds eight years ago we'd be surfing now but actually in hindsight we'd be surfing in a lagoon that's not very well thought through yeah and what we have had is the time so what i believe and i hope is we've got a financial structure in place an operational team in place who've all learned a heck of a lot from the current market. And I want this facility to be open for 100 years. I don't see why, why it shouldn't be. Yeah, right, yeah. So Amazing. That's, that's the main thing. And then uh, you're going to give a listener of the UK Surf Show the chance to get the first wave in Wave Garden Scotland. Is that right? <laughs> ah, discount, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a very small discount. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, do some, we'll do some stuff. Like... And, and I guess, you know chat about your surfing maybe uh, before we, we we wrap it up because you, you you do surf which is i think a, an essential part of the project for you know just that relatability factor so where did surfing start for you um well my father was a, a school teacher and then a rugby coach and in 89 he went out to australia did that exchange so we we lived on the gold coast in 89 oh, and wow. apparently i joined the little nippers out there for a year i just kept talking about big waves where are the big waves where are the big waves <laughs> just became obsessed with big waves came back to scotland played a lot of sport but surfing never crossed my mind i was playing for my club team Muir, 
And we had a Kiwi. They used to basically pay Kiwis and South African guys who were better than us to come over and play yeah, with us. Standard. Fair, fair enough. <laughs> yeah, they did help you? us win stuff, to be fair. And there was a great guy, uh, Elgin. He, he came over and played in the centres with him. He said, oh, my Kiwi pals are over there surfing down the coast. I said, what? It's too cold. You know, what are you talking about? So he actually told me about surfing. And, then, and when I was about 23, 24, just started surfing on my own. Well, with an old pal of mine at the time. Uh, he never quite learned to, to stand up, unfortunately, but uh, with no pal of mine. And then I just suffered on my own for 10, 15 years after that. And then and then that's that, really. And like, watching the community grow up here has just been fascinating. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've seen that community myself from, like you said, I wasn't on the Scottish surf scene. It was only that I got a post in home for two years to Scotland and I thought my surfing days were done. I'd only started surfing maybe four years prior to that. But to come up here and... While you could call it niche, it's still a tight community of surfers. Like generally, you can go anywhere and you bump into somebody of somebody yeah. you know, etc. I think the community is really strong, mm-hmm. and it's probably important to point out. You know, this is a wave garden in Scotland, but by no means is it restricted to Scotland. You know, there's a community way further south yeah. and all over the country of people. I mean, tourist industry in Scotland is huge. Surfers yeah. will travel yeah. unquestionably to come up and, and surf this facility. Yeah. yeah. Well, Mitch, it's, it's funny you mention that because we are planning uh, to do a discounted surf voucher uh, that we're going to be putting on sale probably towards the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be a certain number of surfs that's going to be discounted heavily. And what we want basically is all the surfers in the UK to buy this, this voucher. Um, and come up in year one, tell us what we're doing right and tell us what we're doing wrong. Mm. But there'll only be a finite amount for sale. So, yeah, it's 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 absolutely something we think that surfers in, in Cornwall and in London and these places hop on a flight to Edinburgh Airport. Within 10 minutes, you're on a wave, you know, from Edinburgh Airport. It's that simple. So... Within five minutes, you're at McDonald's. <laughs> if Mitch picks you up. We've got a great food market on site, but given we've already got a Greg's and McDonald's in close proximity, <laughs> the Scottish public will be enjoying our £5 sausage roll. All you need to sell is tatty scones and uh, what's that stuff, Mitch? I've forgotten it already. The bucket. No, or tablet. The, tablet that's it I've, I've, I've had to put it out of my mind because I, I turned into like some sort of like crack addict for a week on tablet <laughs> it does that to you it's well, limited amounts <laughs> if we can be something to do with raising the life expectancy in parts of Glasgow from 52 <laughs> to at least 55 <laughs> via surfing then I think we're doing our job and I guess uh, lastly you know for me anyway what would you expect this sort of facility to bring to the area um, well, this is the the biggest driver of all for us. Um, a lot more than eleven million into a local economy each year. Uh, going going back in time slightly, when when I had this idea, I did live down in Birmingham. The reason I moved up here was one, I knew it was going to be a lot easier to do something on my doorstep where I had relationships and so on. But two, because I grew up in Scotland, I, I feel that there's a lack of opportunity for kids here. I feel there's a, a, a I was extremely fortunate myself. My dad was a PE teacher, so I grew up in a, a fancy school grounds where I could go and do the high jump in my spare time if I wanted to, right? <laughs> and it brought me so much in, like, being good at sport and having that opportunity. So being able to deliver this on, on my doorstep it was, is a massive driver. So 
from education, we've been dealing with a lot of school teachers and trying to get into yeah, into schools. Basically, I won't say too much on that at the moment. Um, we've obviously got a, a, a surf lab, which is a collaboration with the University of Napier University, which I think is a real push, uh, a sort of look back in time to when the Scots, before we got, you know, slightly lazy and miserable we actually did used to be quite an enlightened people mm. you know and we, we used to have a lot of drive and, and i think we've got a real potential to be the sort of brain of cold water surfing here we might not always have the best level but we're we have kind of the brain so we're, we're we're embarking on that with a collaboration with the university and more than that we just want to bring a lot of smiles to people's faces in a, in a time where there's so much macroeconomic uncertainty where you can't read the news without feeling depressed mm. And surfing has certainly brought me uh, some of my happiest times. If we can deliver waves that can bring other people happy times, then I think we can look ourselves in the mirror and say, say we've done a good job. I think that's a, yeah. an amazing answer. Yeah, <laughs> I think uh, I think that's a great place to end your first experience on the UK Surf Show as well. And um, well, thank thanks you, and, much, and we look forward to having you on for a full episode at some point in the near future. Pete's sat there googling McDonald's currently. I can see it <laughs> delivery. A McDonald's and a Greg, and now I can give you some mold, sort of mold hair wax. But I, don't I, I don't use any products in this, just so we're clear. It just sits yeah. free. No, he doesn't. I've seen him use straighteners, air dryers, everything he's got for that thing. Hey, it's 2023. Come on. Come on. <laughs> and thanks for that, Andy. Thank you very much. Let's yeah. get straight on with the rest of the team, shall we? Shall we? Shall we? Do you not want to talk about that one at all, or do you want to get on with the rest of the team and then we, talk I about think a lot? People don't want to hear from what we've got to say about what they've just heard. Not yet, anyway. Let's uh, drop in the rest, and we'll get to the end, and then we'll deliberate. Oh, we'll do that. Okay, <laughs> see you in a bit. Thinking time. Hello, I'm Alejandro from Spain, and I'm part of the operations team at the Lost Shores Resort. Yeah, I'm Mark, uh, Faye Fife, and I am part of the operations team with Lost Shore. What about St. Fife before we move on? Dunfermline. Nice. In fact, just outside Dunfermline, okay. just to be clear. Okay. There's nothing wrong with Dunfermline. I didn't say there was. No, I like it. <laughs> You're embarrassed about it, but... <laughs> um, oh, I suppose I better use my official title. I'm Dr. Brendan Ferrier, um, lecturer from Edinburgh Napier University and part of the Surf Lab which is a partnership between Lost Shore and Edinburgh Napier University. Oh, I don't know where to start. Do we start with Surf Lab? Because straight away I'm intrigued. Or do we no. start with Lost Shore? Lost Shore first. Okay, so Lost Shore, what's, what is it? What's it all about? Uh, so Lost Shore is, uh, it's a, I mean, it's just, it's, it's a small development which is happening just outside Edinburgh. Okay. Um, it is, uh, it's going to be a, surfing destination wow inland surfing destination of course that makes it almost relevant to the podcast so we should talk Doesn't about it, it more. yes it's, it's, it's lucky you dropped by isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh and when's this amazing sounding facility looking to be in existence so uh so yeah we're, we're going to be opening in uh september next year yeah scary to say it's actually is next year now okay um i mean the project's been on the go uh, best part of 10 years probably it was wow. uh, just a twinkle in, in uh, Andy's eye okay. yeah, 10 years ago and uh, construction started on site uh, last July I okay. want to say 
still on track? So construction's started, so they're breaking ground, which is, I mean, presumably the point of no return, so it's definitely happening. Basically, yeah. I mean, uh, once the spade's dirty, that's it. That's the rules. Yeah. So you just got to okay. keep going. <laughs> so, what, so at the time of recording, Mitch always likes to say that, I at the like time of that. recording, um, what what point are you up to right now? I know when this comes out, it'll be further forward. So, but. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's quite straightforward. I mean, we started off, we're, we're um, developing a quarry site. So it's, a, it's an old... Uh, what do you call it? Greyfield site, is that what it's called? Brownfield site? It's one of the kind of colours that aren't so attractive. Okay. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's an old industrial site. And uh, yeah, it's uh, it was a quarry, so it was just a big hole in the ground. Mm, and yeah. we've gone in and made that a bigger hole in the ground. Okay. <laughs> just um, going to fill it with water and a, yeah, and a pulley. <laughs> more or less. That's, that's kind of the stage that we're at. It's, uh, yeah, the, the first... Um, the first uh, period is all about just consolidating the ground, making sure it's as uh, as um, consolidated okay. as possible. But yeah, because it's it's a, it's because it's an old industrial site. There's obviously been various different bits of sort of infill happened over the years. Mm. So the site, although it looks like a great place to build, is actually a little bit unstable. So it's all just about stabilising, yeah. making sure it's not going to subside any further. Um, and then once they once they sort of monitor that and say, yeah, we're now happy with once all the geotechnical guys right, say we're okay. good to go, that's when construction starts. Wow. I mean, we'll try to do the math, and I, I hate to try and throw out stats without having it accurate, but roughly we've worked out that none of our listeners have built or own a wave park or a wave facility. So what are the sort of complications? That, I mean, where do you even start with something so big? Well, you're kind of speaking to the wrong guy because uh, so I was I was lucky enough just to come at, sort of join the project at the point when it became interesting. Mm. All right, okay. <laughs> so the hard work was done. Eh? So that's, that, that's the beauty of being part of the operations team, being part of the fundraising team, being part of the uh, you know the team that gets it through planning. That's where the, actually the hard yards go. Right, okay. I just start when it becomes cool and sexy. Yeah, happy with that, yeah. Like, yeah, okay, that's a smart way to work. Work yeah. smart, not hard. <laughs> and uh, Alejandro, what do you do within... Uh, lost shore and uh, we should probably mention as well because a lot of people from speaking we speak to a lot weren't aware that you know a wave garden technology was even coming to scotland um which has i'm sure reasons to go with that but it was called wave garden scotland when people were aware of it it's not anymore is it a reason for the name change well i think that um we we want to we are keen to create our own identity mm-hmm. um so wave garden of course is uh, the technology uh, developer let's say they have created this technology we are going to use in the wave pool um they are based in spain in the okay. Basque country so so yeah i think at the, at the end of the day is it's all about being unique Right. Being ourselves and to develop the identity that we want okay. it was it made sense to to start a new brand yeah. and I'm flying on our own. Yeah, it's quite hard to, I mean, I presume you guys as well must still find yourselves in Wave Garden, Scotland, or have you got over it now? No, I've never made that mistake. It's <laughs> oh, no. a turbo professional. I don't know what you've heard. Yeah, no, absolutely. And again, this is a. Yeah, I mean, depending on who I'm talking to, if I'm talking to my family who aren't necessarily surfers, yeah, yeah, for I'd sure. I'd like to try and keep it a bit more simple. Yeah, but, uh, for people that may be following the project, yeah, you need to get trained into the real uh, the, the, the new name. Lost Shore Surf Resort is the full name. Is that right? And I presume we'd be expecting people to say, "Are you going to Lost Shore?" Which sounds pretty cool, I think, in itself. 
Yeah. 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 yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, lost, lost. Sure, I mean, the idea behind it, you know, lots of thinking went in, obviously, and you know, what's a what's a cool name or an interesting name or something that you know it, uh, grabs the attention. And uh, I mean, when you think about an inland surf destination, it's kind of an oxymoron in its own right. Mm. It's 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 yeah. it's a bit lost. It's well, like Mitch yeah, was okay. upset you didn't call it the Scottish Surfer. You know, he thought he was he was going to be right. No, no, but I, I don't mind. It's not being named after me because my oh, right. face is going to be on the bottom of the pool. Well, no, I yeah, mean right. that's, that's its full title is you know Lost Shore Surf Resort, powered by Wave Garden in association with the Scottish, Scottish Surfer. Surfer. Yeah. Ah, right, okay, see, <laughs> which everyone wanted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was a pole and everything. <laughs> and then, how did you end up getting involved? Um, I've been involved with this with Annie for, I think. Six seven years, so so in the boring part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, actually, I've never been involved in the boring part, which is good. Um, no, the discussions with Andy have been sort of this whole partnership with the Edinburgh Napier University, mm, yeah, and um, Lost Shore. So yeah, it's taken us six to seven years to get this into realization, and it's now officially working so we we have a, a partnership between the two entities so what is the, if you can what is the partnership what is what does that involve and what what's going to be the benefits from both sides of it um well it's it's just it's going to be again got to be work careful what i say um it's going to be one of the only sort of wave pools that are linked in with the academic institution so yeah. um my side i'm a sport and exercise scientist so we're going to be looking at you know, across a range of the health benefits, performance elements, R&D type stuff. Um, we've now got the engineers involved with a couple of other projects as well. So it's just integrating academia with with the, the wave pool and and the, the resort itself and seeing how we can fit in and, and support Lost Shore. So in simplistic terms, Pete could pay Lost Shore money to come and surf, and then you could tell Pete he can't surf because he's rubbish. Yeah, technically, yeah, <laughs> basically, yeah. <laughs> we can, so we can do it in more technical terms. Do that. You do that for me. <laughs> in, a in a hypothetical in a world. Hypothetical. Yeah. Yeah. So would, that, would, it be, would it more be like students taking part and doing programs yeah and stuff so like, that, like yeah. right now we we have a uh, three students for their final year project doing some work with surface yeah uh the wetsuit company so um they're Good looking company. at sponsor of the show sponsor of the show yeah, yeah. um so they they've provided us some wetsuits and the students are doing some r&d for them um to look at across the range of their wetsuits and sort of see which which does what so with a skin temperature um comfort as well as you know what's what's more restrictive with your paddling yeah um so there's a little bit of a link with regards to technology and Mm. and and sort of industry as well and i'm curious is that linked into a salt water and freshwater capacity or no i mean we have to do it in a lab-based environment but um you know surface are definitely understanding with that but it's for them it's they're going to use that for their pr so they'll be able to actually everyone who comes on board can look at it and go well actually that wetsuit's more comfortable that one's more you know better warmth Mm -hmm. um so you know hopefully the 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 surf lab is going to be sort of a, a place that People can come in and try different technology. Yeah. Um, we can get involved with industry, yeah. but also we have that connection with um, with Lost Shore where we can build community projects, um, yeah. and students can actually work with regards to Lost Shore. Yeah, I mean that that sounds really interesting. Just that side of it, or the wet so- wetsuit side, that's something that I didn't know would 
you know, you don't really think about, well, you get a wetsuit, don't you? Well, apparently that one's that, or you read a review or get a recommendation off a wetsuit. You don't think to the work that goes into it. Of yeah, like, for sure. Yeah, the research and you know, the technology research that goes behind. What, how warm it is, how stretchy it is, how, you know, because I've had wetsuits before from, I'll just say, other brands, and it's been a thicker wetsuit, and you've gone to paddle in it in the winter, and, you you, you, you know, a few paddles, you can't move your arms properly. It was so restrictive. But, yeah, that's really good to hear that, isn't it? I also find that interesting from, a, a, I guess, from a surfer's perspective that reset research into any wetsuit because, you know, we could all sit in this room and go surf in the same location in the exact same wetsuit, same for our, you know, body size, but have the most varying of opinions and experiences within that suit. So I guess... It's hard. You're not. You can't tailor that. It's generalistic. Is that? I think is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, and that's part of the projects. That's why we got the the three students. So, mm. so one's going to be looking at muscle activation to sort of look at okay, which one is really restricting in in hard work. So that that paddle element. Yeah. Um, another student's looking at the skin temperature, so across different parts of the body to say, like, you know, this wetsuit's really good and warm across the body. Where, yeah. Whereas, you know, there might be cold spots. And another one is just generally looking at people's perception. So asking, you know, after they've been in a cold bath, which, you know, was that one warmer than the other one? And, yeah. you know, they're all the same same thickness. They're just the different models of the wetsuit. Yeah. So, you know, we're, we're getting that subjective view from the wearer, but also the sort of the more objective, well, yeah, more objective view from, from the technology. Yeah. Okay. I suppose you've got to do that lab as well so you can get the exact same results and temperatures every time for yep. what you're doing yeah i think that's a big a big factor in it is that uh like you're sort of describing there you know the subjective view of we could yeah. all wear the same wetsuit mm. and have a different opinion on it but the, the important thing is to get some empirical data some yeah, science yeah. behind it and then that's yeah. when you can actually start to, mm. to move these things forward just relying on opinions um i mean yeah, opinions are like uh, our yeah, souls. They are, yeah, Everyone's got, got one, one but, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. Some are just loose. Some people, yeah. some, some make sense. <laughs> I was going to say some have two. <laughs> um, but, yeah, with that, so with that, on the science side of that, would that stretch then to doing stuff like once you've done the wetsuits, like moving on to like boards and stuff like that and other areas of surfing in with that? Yeah, I mean, the, the idea is, you know, we're, we're going to keep it quite open yeah. um, to, to anyone who wants to approach us or, you know, we'll approach people who so, say, whether that be with regards to different board technology. Um, you know, there's a few projects down the line that I'm going to be sort of thinking about, you know, Surfscape with, with Seb. I know yeah. Seb's been on the yeah. on the show. So, you know, even with him looking at that transfer across the board. So it's it's more the idea that the whole Surf Lab is to, to bring in that science yeah. across the board to sort of help us understand things. I like that's a good hook line there, science across the board. Oh, oh yeah, no one even picked up. You picked up on that one. That's yeah. why you turn up late to the yeah. party. <laughs> I still like, didn't I still, even rehearse that one. <laughs> well, I still like the idea that somebody turned up. You know, they're they're ploughing through their degree. They're they're really happy with their life. And what am I doing today? Well, you're going to sit in a cold bath for four hours. You can't move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's yeah. But if we benefit out of it, you know, yeah. it's fantastic. Um, and uh, I mean, we've got other things. So. Um, Jamie Marshall, yeah. who, you know, he does a lot of the stuff with surf therapy. He's sort of my co-partner with regards to the, the surf lab. So the two of us have come up with it. And so he's doing all his stuff with surf therapy on top of that. So that's all going to be linked in. So it's not ah, just nice. the R&D and that research. It's 
the community reach and, and Jamie Marshall am I right in saying he, so he's done a PhD in surf therapy yeah so he was actually obviously his supervisor for it so is he the first one to do it yep so he, he was, was a surf, in the world first person in the world to do wow. surf therapy so. so he's a man in demand presumably yeah, yeah, and uh, you know he's he's continuing doing some really good work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know he's got a few projects lined up and 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 working along the lines of blue health and and surf therapy. So they're tied in as well. I think moving forwards after this one, when you can speak about the other stuff on it, it'd be a great episode to have on and just yeah, speak yeah. to the surfing lab side of it. That'd be something really interesting, and I think that's something we'll definitely do. But like moving back to this, so. What? Where are you at at the moment with Lost Shore? Have you got board sorted? Have you got brand sorted on board? And what's it going to be? What's going to be in it? Where's it going to be? How far is the car park going <laughs> to be? What a All of it. Jeez. Tell us everything. <laughs> what was first first question was uh, <laughs> all of it. Just tell me everything. So yeah. So, so as I said, the if you go and if you you know if you find us uh, where we're located just outside of Edinburgh, it's beside Ratho. Um, you know, all you'll find of us is a few porta cabins, mm. a lot of heavy plant, and a big muddy hole. Yeah. Um, obviously, in our office here in this the behind the scenes, we've uh, we've got the um, a, a very large comprehensive um, project plan you know yeah. it's always good to have a plan in these things you think find. so yeah so, it sometimes <laughs> helps um, you know 400 odd lines on that spreadsheet that we're slowly ticking off and mm. obviously each line is just one work stream yeah um, yeah I mean just talking about one of the questions there was the boards so what boards we're going to be using yeah um, that's something we're kind of working through just now the process we're following is just contacting as many brands as we can think of, really, and just asking for freebies. Yeah. I think that seemed like the logical thing to yeah. do. Just, you know. Yeah, why not? Uh, why That's not? how I live my life. Basically. Yeah, <laughs> basically. Um, no, I mean, it's, 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 it's uh, again, we're trying to just apply a little bit of science to it rather than just sort of saying, well, what ones look cool or what does other people yeah. use? Yeah. Um, we want to just get them all, all in and we want to do some testing, spend yeah. the winter just testing and testing mm. them and then, uh, you know, forming opinions on that based on actual facts. Yeah. I mean, for, for a, you know, I'm not trying to compare it to a surf school, but I guess it's the closest thing possible. For a surf school, the amount of wetsuits and boards they have to have to tailor to everyone to turn around. For a facility like this, what, you know, again, generalistically, I don't think I've ever said that word, I know I've said it twice, but what's the sort of numbers you would need to have to be able to turn over and run? You're looking at me like, why did you ask me that? (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, I mean, bigger numbers that I can count on my hands anyway it's uh I mean just try yeah it's, it's something which is is a is a bit of a conundrum because there's there's so many it's so many facets to it generally mm. if you take a surf school for example a busy surf school you're maybe running four sessions a day yeah in the summer we'll be doing 12 sessions a day yeah and yeah. it's on the hour every hour uh the capacity of the pool um I mean it's 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 Basically, it's about let's just shy of ninety people in the pool at any one time. Okay. Yeah. So if we've got uh, everybody borrowing a wetsuit, which is totally feasible, that's ninety wetsuits on the hour, every hour, plus the waiting session. So and so it's in the previous plus session. yeah, the session out. it's just returning. Yeah. the session it's just going out, and then tailoring to every size, shape, yeah, need, requirement, season. So, which is so which is why I glazed over a little bit when you asked me how many. Yeah. <laughs> so the, 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 the truth is, I'm trying to sort of like ignore that fact. Yeah. So you're looking at the minimum probably of like 300 wetsuits, 300 boards, at the very minimum. As an absolute minimum. Yeah. Yeah. And for the boards, I guess got more than you, Mitch. I mean, actually, <laughs> yeah. I mean, on on that point, I mean, 300 on the the wetsuits. It depends what um what drying time you're going to have. Yeah. So it yeah, depends true, on your drying yeah. room. 
yeah. it's another factor you have to throw into it. So you, you once you start to take the scientific approach with this, it can get quite daunting. Mm. Um, we, every now and again, we have to just come up for air a bit and just sort of remind ourselves Absolutely. what it is we're doing. Yeah, okay. But, uh, and um, so I guess in, in terms of people who haven't, well, nope, not many people have seen the facility, I, I guess we can compare to the wave because that's where people know. Uh, kind of similar looking setup would be familiar to people when they turn up or is there some different things going on? Well, I, I think that the main difference is the location. Okay. So people would definitely notice a big difference when they walk into into the site right. uh, because uh, the wave it's like in open countryside in a flat space let's say and we are in a quarry mm-hmm. so we have like this amphitheater around the pool which is really nice okay. uh, so definitely that's going to be the first striking thing compared to, right. to the wave uh, but the wave pool itself in terms of dimensions will be quite similar okay and there will be differences in 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 battles and stuff but overall it's going to be a similar facility yeah regarding the pool and then it will be the buildings and other differences but similar approaches okay but the scenery definitely will be quite different yeah so will that like you just said then it's going to be like an amphitheater like around the pool have you had to take into consideration that the noise that will make and it will amplify that noise and how far is that one of like yeah i mean so, so being pretty close to to Ratha, which is just a, a small uh, small village but yeah we, that that is a big consideration and uh various different bits of plant we've got around the site we have to obviously consider that mm, yeah. um you know through planning there's obviously restrictions on the hours that we're allowed to operate all those all those kind of things so yeah, i mean it's we've actually you know had a really good um relationship with uh with the local community that you know the local yeah. Ratha residents um and we absolutely want to continue that yeah you know? yeah for sure yeah you got to keep people on side and keep them happy haven't you yeah. and uh, if it's in a quarry i presume you're going to have some sort of shelter from some of the high winds we get well what, what are you talking about what winds <laughs> <laughs> that was that takes us on to another question as well which is the same question but when you said oh there's going to be a wave garden in scotland i was like what the fuck are you going to put a wave garden in scotland it's freezing <laughs> <laughs> so well yeah i mean the, the wind is definitely a factor well has been known to be a factor up here and uh yeah being sunk down into the quarry um you know the quarry cliff just sits over the top mm. of it it's actually a really nice little windbreak that we've got yeah and um, which is a kind of a classic uh we could always say it harks maybe we need, we need to paint it kind of stripey multicolors you know like the sort of classic windbreak in a scotland yeah yeah, yeah totally yeah that's sort of yeah but also I think, you know, I, I, a personal opinion, I don't think you would want to have full shelter from the wind. As amazing as it might sound to have a glassy wave, but actually, and I guess it ties into the argument about, you know, some people will think, and everyone's entitled to their opinion, that, you know, the introduction of wave pools are going to create this culture of surfers that can't surf and they'll go in the sea and instantly die. That's what people, some people think that. But having a, you know, these, you know, definitely using surfing the wave, I've been down there and it's been howling wind and it's like surfing in the ocean that you're still having to take into account that factor of wind, wind effect on my board, wind effect on the face. So I think there's an element of realism with conditions I think that in order to deliver the best experience possible, you wouldn't desire having wind mm. because everything is perfectly engineered, both the bathymetry and the wave machine itself, to provide perfect waves. Yeah. So uh, the wind, it's an element that can disturb that. So for example, uh, if you are talking about the sea and you want to surf barrels, yeah, having an offshore wind helps you. Because it gives the water, the 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 um, 
the wave, sorry, um, up for longer and yeah. makes it hollower. Yeah, yeah. But in a wave garden, you don't need that because the, the, the technology is so precise that mm -hmm. you will get perfect barrels, yeah. even if you don't have wind at all. It's an interesting point of like, define a perfect wave. Yeah, you know, is, sure, it, is yeah. it the wave that you drew in your textbook at school mm. that look, you know, looks, looks all, always identical? The it's perfect Kelly, looking wave. Is Kelly's depends. wave the, yeah. the perfect wave? Mm. I mean, it's definitely a perfect looking wave. I mean, would you want to just surf that one wave for the rest <laughs> of your the life, though? expensive, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not at that price, though. No. <laughs> <laughs> so all right, that, that sort of also ties into a question of, do you know what settings you're going to have on it yet or not? Uh, so every, every pool that gets built will be an improvement on the previous and I'm not saying that and I can in a, in a big headed no, you know no, eventually one day one day I mean maybe one day in the, near, in the far future someone will build a better pool than us unlikely yeah. but, but you know it's possible <laughs> but that's how progression but, works but the reality is that you know every pool that gets built Wave Garden are improving on it so yeah, the course, bathymetry yeah. that they give us the technology they're able to push into the paddles mm. it should be better than I mean if you're else. not learning you're not listening are you yeah. you're not paying attention uh, sorry what was that <laughs> <laughs> but also as well I wonder from a performance aspect because you know of course having you know these facilities is a training ground for not just you know people starting surfing but specifically for you know competition level surfers but also I always think that there's there's a trick being missed here because most good surfers can surf a crazy clean big face wave it's then when they're suddenly surfing really small choppy wind affected waves that some really good surfers struggle and i think you know how many certainly qs competitions when people turn up to qs competition competitions that's how the waves tend to be so i've traveled it's going to run it's not the ct so i think there's an for me again just looking at it objectively like having the ability to do that to make a horrible looking wave and you have to work to get to sections for you from your own surfing and not just because the wave's providing it. I think there's something in there. No, I like that. Yeah, so basically if it all goes wrong and the pool we build is uh, you know, horrible, <laughs> yeah, then actually it's all intentional. It's actually just trying to, you know, hark back to a bit of natural. It's only for CT surfers then. <laughs> but I think I think it's that thing. You've, you've got to learn to separate it. Even though it is the same, it's different. And I think the wave pools... Great for practice, great for fun when there's no surf. When, like, a lot of people, if you had the choice to go surfing in the sea or a wave pool garden, I think the majority of people would choose surfing in the sea. But you can't guarantee, like, I've been down there all week and I think there's one day we've had surf and it was, we had to travel like it's miles just a away. Week. There's normally surf every week. Liar. You've told me that. <laughs> but it's those things. So they're always there. So you can always go. You can always book a session. You can always practice. And the, the amount they'll bring on, like, you know, surfers who are then going to be able to go like CT, WSL, stuff like that. It will it'll progress them so much. And have you got things in place that are, are already like lining up to do stuff like that to like progress Scottish surfing? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's that's a, a huge part of what we're doing. You know, everybody on this team is 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 on the team because they have a passion for surfing, yeah. and you know, the future of surfing is always the kids. It's always the absolutely, yeah. the next generation coming in. Um, and in Scotland, you know, we're quite a quite a proud country, but we're not necessarily always the, the highest achieving of countries. Mm. I mean, number one for things like heart disease and, and that kind of thing. You've got to take victories where you get them. Well, you, you, you know, know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but, you know, to, 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 be, to have the opportunity to build like, a world-class facility mm. and give um, Scottish kids and, you know, Scottish gener future generations the opportunity to, to reach those, those yeah. levels is, is genuinely humbling. Absolutely. What about um, you guys? Everyone surfs? Yep. 
talk to me about your when, surfing bag. When, when we so, can. So, Brandon, you, you've obviously got a strong Edinburgh accent happening there. <laughs> yeah, try to, yeah. Try to hide it. Um, no, I'm, I'm an e-boarder, so um, slightly different. Um, um, to be clear, I'm also an e-boarder, but not by choice. That's a true story. <laughs> Just a different... Um, yeah, I've been, what, surfing 40-odd years. Okay. So, yeah. So, you from? Around it. Um, originally from Margaret River, so used to big surf. Um, so, I'm, I'm quite looking forward to it. So, bet, actually, yeah. nice, nice clean surf as opposed to, yeah, onshore sort of sloppy ways. How um, did you find moving, I presume you moved straight to Scotland from Margaret River or? Yeah, pretty much. How did you find surfing cold, dirty water? Um, I still find, I've been here, what, 19 years and I still <laughs> find it relatively hard sometimes right, to, okay. to, yeah, get the enthusiasm. Um, but yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Still need to get I surfed guess. somehow. Yeah. Was Scotland the first time you'd surfed in a wetsuit? No, no, it's back okay. home's pretty cold. But oh, yeah, okay. but yeah, four pretty, mils, pretty cold. Yeah, <laughs> four, four mils about the thickest you'd go. Um, whereas here, yeah, five, yeah, five mil. You're looking at it Chain going mil, that's too thin. Body armor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but no, it's it, it is what it is. It's it's good good fun. Um, you know, a wave's a wave. That's true. You can get it. So, what about yourself, Alejandro? I'm I'm uh, from the Basque Country, so it's not a, a hot part of Spain either. Uh, so, cold is not much of a problem for me. Although the other day we went surfing, and it was like five degrees, and I I nearly lost my hands. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like cold is a problem for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, yeah, I'm not sure what five degrees you're talking about. It's about minus five. <laughs> oh, yeah, probably. Five water. Five, yeah, sorry. Well, yeah. Water temperature five. Yeah. That one I got it right. Um, you grew up surfing. Yeah, so I've been surfing for 15 years already. Okay. Uh, so my dad introduced me to the sport uh, when I was a kid. Um, and since then, uh, I, haven't, I haven't stopped. I think uh, it was like the search for the perfect wave is what you led to Scotland, yeah, was it absolutely, not? Yeah, yeah. exactly, exactly. <laughs> So re- regarding my experience surfing in Scotland, when I came here first time in a Erasmus program, is how I um, got uh, my first contact with the project. I was I I flied back to Spain quite quite impressed because I when I when I got here I didn't have much expectations of surfing, okay. and I ended up surfing almost every week. I was here from February to to June, so it was quite a consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, surfing experience for me and I although the waves aren't um, as big as the ones I've used to in, in Spain I'm yeah. not a big surf wave either um, but but yeah I love the the fact that here in Scotland you can you can surf almost on your own the landscapes are amazing mm. you have like beautiful sunsets beautiful sunrises so definitely landscape it's it's magical. So it's it's a different experience. Yeah, I enjoy sure. it, and yeah. When you said uh, the waves aren't, everyone looked at you. Like, I wonder where this is going. <laughs> I wonder where this is going. <laughs> and how about yourself, Mark? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I I've been surfing since I think I was about twelve years old. It would been the first the first experience down at um, probably down at Belhaven. It would have been. Okay. Um, and uh, my bro- my older brother's you know, six years older than me. He got a. He got a wetsuit and a board for his uh, for his 18th birthday, and I remember him. Um, so this was in March. Um, lending me, I think he gave me his boots and his gloves. 
right. kindly. Yeah. And uh, and then we took turns about. So he had the wetsuit, I had the boots and gloves and a pair of probably swimming shorts or speedos or whatever it would have been at the time. And uh, yeah, we were like taking turns about to use the board or sit in the car and shiver. Yeah, um, okay. And it's been hooked ever since for some reason. Yeah, it does that, doesn't it? It yeah. bites you pretty quick. It really does, yeah, yeah. So so you've all got surfing backgrounds, so what sort of um, other facilities and what sort of other things are going to be offered at Lost Shore? So actually, so my, my kind of in on the project was I used to work for um, Freeze Pro Shop, uh, who was a, I started off as a ski and snowboard retailer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we tra- transitioned into surfing as well. Uh, that was based in Edinburgh. And it would have been about 2016, I think, when um, Waveguard in Scotland, as it was then called, uh, was going through planning. Yeah. Um, and obviously, from a personal point of view, I was interested because I want to surf it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, from a professional point of view, I was a bit nervous of like, are these guys going to come in? And, yeah. you know, there's not, Scotland's really not really renowned for its uh, surf retailers. Um, there's not many of them around. And to have two big ones side by side was quite, quite nervous. Yeah. Luckily, he was very open to the idea of um, Freeze running the, the shop. Okay. Yeah. Um, doing, you know, sort of helping uh, run that aspect of it. I, at the start of the pandemic, unfortunately, Freeze um, basically closed, sort of forced uh, forced into sale and, and closed in Scotland. So, um, yeah, that was a bit of a nervous time. But uh, yeah, luckily, Andy had the foresight to, uh, to 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 hire my services to come and work in house. Hire um, you late, <laughs> you're loitering, just waiting. Yeah, exactly. No, I, I absolutely locked out. You know, approached them and sort of explained the situation and uh, and yeah. The, yeah, the rest is, is history yeah, I'm now okay. on shore now in the, with the Lost Shore team um, so yeah so I mean I've just kind of answered in a long way your first, one of your questions was what's it going to have it's going to have a shop so yeah. that's a good start yeah. um, going to be able to buy and rent and demo like you know whatever gear whatever mm-hmm. gear you could want um, we're going to have a pretty amazing uh, food offering so don't want to give too many details away at this stage but um, are you going to have square sausage I mean, is there any other shape of sausage? Not anymore. Though. Not, not <laughs> he's been introduced and that he's locked it's in. Bloody amazing. <laughs> Square sausage and... Uh, tablet. Tablet. He's yeah. had about 30 bars of tablet a day since I introduced <laughs> it to him on Saturday. It's amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'll try and find up a space in the shelves for some of that. Um, <laughs> yeah, an amazing like food and beverage offering. Uh, it's going to have an event space. It's going to have a spa and wellness uh, accommodation on site, um, and it's all set within a, a country park. Oh, so, so open to the public. Absolutely, yeah, oh, absolutely. Kind of free to use country park, not free to use surf pool before anyone gets excited. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, some aspects of the site you will oh. have to you have to bring your wallet for. Uh, but no, it's it's yeah, it's, it's a free to access public realm. Um, you know, the, the idea, the sort of the whole ethos of the project is to is to deliver something that Scotland can be proud of and to um basically be a benefit to the to mm-hmm. the, you know sort of local community and the wider country as a whole and that, that's what we're doing we're developing a quarry where there really wasn't a lot going on yeah. um, and turning it into this amazing uh, country park are you gonna have accommodation that sort of stuff as well yeah absolutely that's that's, that's a big part of it because you know edinburgh anyone that's tried to, to book a place to stay in edinburgh will know themselves yeah it's a not easy and b not cheap Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're, we're situated pretty close to the airport, so it's an amazing opportunity to be able to offer some really um, sort of first class accommodation f- with from a stone's throw from uh, yeah. from Edinburgh. 
Well, I guess the other benefit you're going to have is um, the amount of travel and tourism that's already on the doorstep before you open, before you even consider the surf community. There's a lot of people on the doorstep. Yeah, and that, that, that's our kind of uh, idea, though. That's, that's where the name comes from. We're, we're a surf resort, is how we see it. So no matter if, uh, you know, in your family unit, no matter if you surf and nobody else does, um, you know, you can still come down and there will be something for everyone to do. Yeah. Nice. Anything, we, uh, anything else going to be uh, in there? Any innovations within the any, uh, facility? Any, any new ideas or? Well, yeah. So, so I think again, another another sort of ethos which is quite close to our heart is um, is this idea that we should really be a force for good. You know, any any business has an opportunity um, to actually have an impact, and mm. that can either be a positive or a negative impact. So, certain things that we just cannot get around. You know, it takes energy to to create waves yeah. right? if you're in the sea you've got the wind that does that for you mm-hmm. for us it's going to be electricity yeah. we've got ways in scotland um with the wind creating electricity some kind of wizardry that goes on in these uh these yeah. windmills i think you yeah. call yeah. them um they uh you know they create the electricity so you know we should be transitioning into a um into a sort of fully green energy yeah. uh, okay. source when you think about things like the the surfboards, as well as the performance and the price and the looks and all those things, we're obviously thinking a lot about the durability. Um, the best way to try to have a minimum impact in the environment is to just use products or buy less mm-hmm. and keep them for longer. Keep going. Yeah. So the durability of the boards is a really big thing for us. Uh, when it comes to wetsuits well, again... Well, do you know what? With wetsuits, though, sorry to jump in, but I've always wondered this. I, I For some reason, and it's not because I'm a hoarder like Pete, but I have got every wetsuit I've ever either bought or been given. I've still got all of them. And they're just hanging up. There's loads of them. And I don't know... Like, I feel like they're wasted. A lot of them are too old and battled to be used. But I feel like there must be something I could do with it that benefits someone. Well, I mean, it's funny you ask that. Um, the, uh... <laughs> it's, almost like it was, it's almost like it was set up. <laughs> almost. So you're absolutely right. The neoprene, it just doesn't really degrade. Um, so you chuck it in landfill and it'll still just be there mm. and, and hundreds of thousands of years to come. Um, there's lots of little ways you can recycle them. You know, like cut squares out of the wetsuit and turn it into a coaster or, you know, a t- whatever it may be, but that doesn't actually address what you do with the neoprene at the end of its yeah. life. Um, so we're actually working on a, a system for, for recycling wetsuits, which will become a fully circular um, method, basically turning them into yoga mats. And oh, what, okay. you, you might ask, what do you do with the yoga mat when it comes to the end of its life? It just joins the start of the process again and gets turned into a new yoga mat. So oh, that's, a- that's just one of the sort of small little side projects that we're doing. And, you know, just trying to address the fact that we are a big facility. It is going to be producing potentially a lot of waste. How mm-hmm. can we divert those waste streams into yeah, other yeah, right, uh, yeah. more useful products? I think to have sustainability in mind from the off. Like, of course, everything can't be sustainable. That's just not how the world works. But to have the conversation, I think, will resonate with so many people. I always thought from the like the wave garden technology. If you're producing energy with the wave, is there no way to harness that energy and put it back into it? There. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not an engineer. Well, um, that's, that's, you, I, you I think that's a question that everybody's like, asked mm. because we know that you know that we, yeah, you know yeah. the wave energy is like a thing, right? Yeah. yeah. So you know what what well, happens with that? It's literally the reason why we have a wave in the sea. Yeah. <laughs> but but the uh, the I think the reality of it is that wave garden. I've I've, I've looked at it. The, I suppose a tricky part of it um, is that the recirculation of the water in the pool is really important to how mm. the wave. 
uh, works. Yeah. So it's anything you put in that disrupts that to try and take energy from it is effectively changing the the this recirculation okay, right, of the yeah. water. I mean, that's my take on it. It's something I think that has been looked at. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's it's not something that they have the answer to yet. Uh, I know that Bristol oh. have got an amazing. Um, uh, amazing initiative where they're actually installing a bunch of solar panels and the idea is that all of their waves are going to be powered by the sun yeah. which is an amazing story yeah, um, yeah. You know, unfortunately we don't we don't have the, the ability the to sun. do that from the off <laughs> <laughs> we yeah, I was, uh, was waiting for that to come up uh, <laughs> was I, was, poised. I was trying I was trying to you know like to give him a little um, you know big enough Scotland part but yeah no we don't have the sun for that as uh, reality <laughs> so is that is that another concern though like I know we like joke about the weather and stuff like that but it is. It does get bloody cold up here as well, compared to like down. Well, as Mitch says, down in France, where I am, down the other end of the country. Um, but yeah, th- is that a concern of like how cold it's going to get to how much time you'd have to shut? Because ice. obviously, it's just going to ice over. Uh, it could be a concern. I mean, if if you think about it, so this so this winter, I mean, it's you know generally speaking, the weather is getting so unpredictable. So up here, it started December. Um, I mean, we were getting temperatures consistently of like minus ten, minus fifteen, mm. and when it's that cold, the reality is it's going to freeze. Yeah. Um, there is little things you can do. So overnight, you can just push tiny little waves just to disturb the surface, yeah, okay. try and All keep right. it open. But the reality is, I mean, even down in Bristol, there's there's froze over. Yeah. So if they're all the way down there freezing. I mean, you're going to be yeah. a little bit yeah, naive that, to see that, it that was the us. thought behind it because I know I've, I've been to the wave in the morning and it's been frozen. You know, you've got to turn the wave on to break the ice. I was just thinking it. Well, it gets I presume colder. you, you yeah. can't run it if there's chunks of ice in because that's going to be a, a self health and safety hazard. I would have, I would assume. It's very sensible of you there, Mitch. I don't often hazard. do it, but sometimes. <laughs> no, no, you're absolutely right. Though, yeah, it is 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 something we're just going to have to to work around. And I think there will be days that we know that, despite you know our location, it will just be too windy. Despite you know us moving the waves, it will just be too icy. But we don't really see there's going to be too much of an issue with that. The biggest issue will just be convincing people that actually the experience is going to be yeah. comfortable. Mm. Like, yeah, there's nothing we can do about the water temperature. There's, we're not going to try so and heat it. It's yeah, just I was, uh, yeah, I was going to say, what what would the, but what that we, just completely cost the, the bomb to heat something like that? Would yeah, it? and then and then obviously once you're heating it, you get the evaporation and all this sort of stuff. So it yeah. just it just wouldn't wouldn't wouldn't, wouldn't work. Um, but but what we are what we are going to say is that. You know, if you think about the barriers that people have to to surfing and like oh, getting changed in a cold, windy car park, for example, mm, yeah. we don't have that problem. We've got indoor changing rooms, hot showers, and a car park or not? Uh, we have got a car park. Oh, yeah. sweet! <laughs> <laughs> if you want to get changed there, I mean, we're not yeah. going to stop you. He um, does it every morning. He goes down to the car park and gets changed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, absolutely everything is going to be going to be warm. The welcome will be warm. The wetsuits will be warm and dry. Mm. You know, it'll be a great experience. Um, and then you know, you know yourselves when you get in the cold water. It's actually not when you're in the water is yeah. the worst part. It's a bit either side of that. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so as soon as we get that message across, I think people will warm to the idea mm. and i wonder as well you know i guess thinking tiny scale anybody that set up a paddling pool in their back garden in the summer and your kids are splashing about in it two days later algae boom is horrendous for, for such a large facility how do you go about i assume it's not three four chlorine tablets i assume there's more to it than because yeah. that must be a, a presumably a concern yeah, so basically, the Wave Garden have developed not only the technology to create the waves, yeah, but also um, a water treatment. 
So they have um, the, the the wave machine has a filtration system okay. that takes takes care of all of that right. in order to avoid that happening. Okay. Uh, we use chlorine, but in a really really tiny percentage compared for for example with an Olympic uh, swimming pool. Right. So yeah, I mean you you can see all the all the the videos and images of, of the wave gardens that are already running, and mm -hmm. um, that the water is pristine, is clear blue, and that's because the the water treatment that Wave Garden have developed, and right, they are okay. also pioneers on that on that front. Right, yeah. And you know, Wave Garden is it Wave Garden Cove? Is that the Spanish company? Is that what it's called? Is yeah. So the, the the company is called Wave Garden. It, yeah. They are from Spain, from the Basque Country, and my my neighbors almost. Okay. And and the Cove is the name of the second technology, the second right. iteration of the technology after the lagoon that was the first yeah. one. That that one you can find in in surf Snowdonia. Yeah. Um it's uh, well, now it's called Adventure Park Snowdonia. Yeah. It that's the lagoon was mm -hmm. the first um option they they developed and now it's the Cove that yeah. is the, this new one. And I presume you guys with Wave Garden Cove you have a lot of back and forth like they're completely there to help in every way shape oh, and yeah. form. We have a uh, I would say we have a really good relationship with mm -hmm. them um, because you have to keep in mind that Wave Garden, and I remember this uh, when I was back in Spain, when they started on this quest um, to master the, the wave pool uh, technology, uh, they were just a, a tiny, tiny team dreaming yeah. of being able to of, of build this. And it's like a really grassroots project, mm -hmm. uh, family business, uh, so it's an, in that sense, it's really similar to us because Andy also is uh, started on on his own, yeah. Um, and uh, we have that uh, cultural uh, connection with them because we we are we, we came from the from the same place, let's say, mm -hmm. uh, as a project, and yeah, we we are in constant uh, contact with them and yeah, uh, lovely lovely people. I was going to say, like you said, like the technology is coming on and on. I think it's when we were speaking to Ben Gravy, he said like he surfed all of them. Now, or I think he I think he's all them all, yeah. yeah. I think, yeah, all of them all. There was one he yeah. had, but the one he said, the one in Korea, I think it was, yeah, they had like 15 settings on it or something, everything from like different levels and split. That's that's one of the things I really want to know. I think that's one of the things people will be really interested yes. in settings wise on it. So, when you build a Wave Garden Cove, uh, it's not a standard product. Yeah. You can have dif uh, different modules. So you have this uh, set of modules are the ones that generate the waves. Yeah. And depending on what you want to build, you can have more of those. And at the moment, Korea is the the facility with the uh, biggest, the bigger amount of modules. Yeah. And that gives them the opportunity to, to create more waves, to control the wave all the way down with all these f mm. 56 modules. So, so that's... Does that also, on saying that, does that also, the more modules you put in, the more it costs, or is it... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to you have to move more motors. Ah, right, so each, okay. each module is powered by a motor, so the more modules you have, the more costly Yeah, because I, I think people think, they hear like... Um, I'll take the Bristol wave for example right people hear about the wave oh I've heard there's a beast mode I've heard there's this mode I've heard there's this mode and someone thinks like oh it's just a bloke in the back turning a dial oh to, like, like an update you on know, an app. yeah <laughs> so you're going like volume like you know volume 11 sort of thing like that and I think <laughs> well, people think it's that so I don't think people realise this is this is an interesting bit because when you when you dive into the wave technology world there is like a really big difference between 
uh, software-driven uh, wave pools and yeah. non-software-driven wave pools. I, and I will put an example from Kelly Slater's uh, wave pool that looks impressive in a video. That's uh, a structure in a, in a lake, let's say, and there's a plow that moves yeah. along that lake creating those, that wave. Mm -hmm. But you cannot um, change that wave yeah. because the bathymetry is set and the plow is set. There is not, There are no moving parts yeah. you can tweak to to change it. Yeah. So what uh, the only thing that can change affect that wave is the seabed, if you want to call it that, the shape yeah, of the well, floor. Yeah. Well, yeah, and effectively on a daily basis, the speed of the plow will, will create different waves. Okay. So the 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 faster that plow moves, the right. The, yeah. But in software-driven wave pools like Wave Garden, you have the ability to control the waves you are. Uh, pumping with the software. And I remember one of the first times we went um, to, to San Sebastián to Spain to the demo facility. It was really fun because you were in the lineup waiting for the waves and you have a little microphone and you could tell them, oh, can I have a turn wave next? Ah, but that's, nice. that's the kind yeah. of stuff that uh, software can allow. Yeah. Um, that gives, um, we were talking about um, development and improvement so once you build a wave garden cove, then if a new type of wave is developed, you just only need to update your software. You don't need to change yeah. anything else. Okay. And you have an example of that. Uh, so I think it was prior to Christmas, um, they developed a new airwave and they were able to introduce that airwave in every facility in the world because it's software. You don't need right, to do okay. anything. So that takes the wave pool technology to another mm -hmm. level in terms of commerciality. Yeah. So the modules, so the career, to use the career pool as example, did you say that had 56 modules? Yes. I believe for WSL events, for competitions, there's a minimal module amount. Is that right? Before they're able to host a competition? I, I don't know if any of that's actually been formally agreed, uh, to be honest. But um, yeah, I mean, it would it would definitely be logical that there'll be a minimum size. So for every pool, you know, around the world, there has to be a certain standard. Mm -hmm. So what the modules allow you to do is to have um, a longer wave. And it's, you know, so that the waves, that the, the modules at the start are all about creating the wave. And then it's the modules after that, that determine how long right. the ride is going to be. Okay. For example, Melbourne, who has recently hosted a QS event, they they have now, I think they are 46 modules. Okay. It's not a city competition. It's not the yeah, top. Yeah, yeah. It's a QS. But I think, as Mark said, that's uh, uh, it needs to be defined. Yeah, okay. But for sure, the more modules you have, mm -hmm. the better ways you can provide. Right. Uh, I just wanted to bring it back to community and uh, I guess two parts to it. So one was the public community, um, I guess. I don't want to say around Scotland because actually... You know, I'm, I've been based in North Yorkshire for the last 10, 11 years. And if I was still based in North Yorkshire, um, Saltburn being my local surf spot, this as a, as, a, as a facility for a wave garden technology would still be the closest place for me to go once, once open. So I don't want to say Scotland, but um, keeping it fairly local in terms of, you know, schools and community groups and stuff and uh, you've spoke a lot about you know engaging with other groups and stuff is that a, a, a consideration getting these people involved yeah absolutely i mean the reality is you know these 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 uh, facilities cost a lot of money to build and a lot of money to run so they have to be commercially viable mm. um but 
if we're commercially successful, which we have every intention of being, then that allows you to uh, to open up um, certain slots, you know, on a regular basis to either local groups, you know, concession prices to local schools, mm-hmm. and uh, and that that's what we see as is, is, is really being um being core in our business is uh, is is designing a business which gives us the freedom to yeah. to do all those things, that, all those opportunities that we wish we had when we were kids. Because I see it as that secondary effect benefit of. You know, how many people get swept out to sea or get stuck in a rip? Not because they, you know, not their fault. They don't know. If you don't know, you can't know. But actually, you've got an ability to teach from a young age. And that, yeah, sorry, that that was that was always a, a common, um, you know, issue that was raised or concern that was raised when we were going through planning was, uh, you know, people really getting quite passionate, and rightly so, if they genuinely believed it. They, you know, people thought, that we were going to be directly responsible for people dying. Mm. They would say, you are going to be killing people. And they they would say that, you know, you're going to be uh, training a generation of surfers who don't know how anything about the, the sea, don't know anything about rips, don't know anything about, you know, proper uh, cold water immersion, all, all these mm. all these sort of danger factors. But the reality is that we have an opportunity. What it is we have is an opportunity to educate people. Yeah, we could do it very... Um, very uh, cynically, and we would just invite people in, take their money, and then wave goodbye. Yeah, but that's not the reality no. of what we're doing. Not at all. It's uh, we realise that there's, there's, uh, you know, the the sea is always going to be there. The danger is always going to be there. And the more people we uh, encourage to use it, the more responsibility we have to 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 teach them about responsible use. Well, the thing is, I find it hard to believe. You know, I'm happy happy to be corrected, but anybody who goes and surfs in a, an artificial surf pool, if I can call it that. They've got their own kit and equipment. I imagine they go surf in the sea anyway. But for the person that starts out um, surfing in a, in a wave garden technology facility or, you know, something similar, actually you're being taught etiquette from the off maybe without realising it because you're sat in a queue, you're waiting your turn, you're told to get out the way you know, uh, go into the shoulder, uh, get go into the white water out of the way by the lifeguard. And if you don't, you're out. So you're kind of being taught etiquette potentially without even realizing it. And I don't see that as a bad thing at all. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, the etiquettes, it, it all follows the same principles. The actual, you know, mechanics of it maybe are slightly different, mm. but it follows exactly the same principles. It's just about mutual respect. It's about being aware of your surroundings, being aware that you're not the only person in the lineup whether that's you paddling out or surfing in. Yeah. There's other people out there and yeah. they might not be as fortunate as you were in having an early exposure to it and they might just be, you know, in their later yeah. uh, late, <laughs> later in life and, and just it was a complete beginner. Yeah. yeah. And that's totally fine. For sure. So from 2024, how many uh, students do you expect throughout the country that are now going to want to come to Edinburgh University and be part of the science Napier. lab? <laughs> part of the science lab. You mean, yeah, uh, one of the many uh, universities in Edinburgh, not Edinburgh University. Uh, the <laughs> other universities are available. That's, just, that's, I, I don't know. I'm not from here. I, I'm still trying to. Yeah, I was going to say what you a, did here. That's not a local accent. Yeah, I can try it. You've been teaching me some words, haven't you? Hey, we can't go there. Right. I'll move it on straight away. <laughs> yeah. Do you expect to see an influx of people wanting to get involved with like the lab? I. I hope so. Yeah. Um, I'm, I've got the, the pleasure of being an external examiner with the, um, the surf science degree down in Cornwall. So one of the things I'm looking at for the future is having a tie-in with them so some of their students can come in and 
and doing projects up up here, but again, they're all in planning. So yeah, they're all so I mean, w- like, what would something that like what would be the dream of that? Of like, because I know like other places around the world, you can actually do surfing as you know university course, college course, at school, or whatever. Opening up these like wave gardens gives that opportunity for people to do it anywhere. So, what would be the advantages of having like? Because I think I think people in the UK think like. For example, like something like, oh, kids in Australia get to do surfing as a lesson. What does that, you know, what's that do? What What's the advantage of, like, someone doing that? Uh, I must admit, I was one of those kids. Uh, <laughs> so, you can tell me, so you can actually yeah. say firsthand, was it just, a, like, pure DOS or was it just, like, you actually doing something, learning no, something? No, well, it was, yeah, probably a little bit of, <laughs> bit of, little bit of both. The teachers yeah. wanted to go for a surf and all of us went for <laughs> yeah. a surf. But, um you know, it, it's still part of physical activity. It's still part of that whole process of getting active. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think it's a good thing. Yeah. Um, showing my bias, I, you know, coming to a country which football seems to be the only only sport that exists, yeah. it's actually quite good that, you know, there's there's kids out there that don't resonate with football or rugby. Yeah. They might resonate with surfing, might resonate with that sort of culture. So why not give them the opportunity to actually – get involved with it as opposed to make forcing them to do sports that they may not mm. want to do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this, this is it. If you go up to the if you go up to the Highlands in Scotland, uh, you know, around Aviemore, for example, the schools around there they'll do they'll ski as part of their PE lessons. Yeah. Which, you know, like why wouldn't you? If that if that's what uh, you have around you, if that's what's around yeah, you too, right. it's physical education and it's just, you know, it's teaching you about the environment, it's teaching you about all these other things at the, at the same time. And like I said, this this idea of keeping kids involved in activity beyond the point where they're actually forced to yeah. Mm. Uh, participate, especially especially females. Um, you know, participation uh, about I think it's about the age of fourteen just drops off a cliff. Yeah, and it's because they're just being forced into the same old formulaic. Well, I mean, yeah, obviously you'll be doing hockey or netball, right? Yeah. That's yeah. the options. Yeah, but opening it up and saying, right, well, skateboarding is an Olympic sport, surfing is an Olympic sport. You know, all these other adventurous sports that, that actually, um, you know, for whatever reason, you're not into these the, the team based activities yeah i mean i don't want to get too deep in philosophy and peter you know what i always say but there's so much in surfing transfers across to real life like teaching <laughs> you the struggles you know <laughs> the struggle to get out back paddling out not get knocked off your board the resilience to get back up it's so important for kids i always say that pete yeah, you do, I stole that you? off pete yesterday you got really deep but i think i was gonna it's say you, hey, thank line. you i was gonna say you you seem like an example to me of someone and i guess not everyone gets that you've not only got a professional interest, but an invested personal interest in what you do as a job. Like that must be really satisfying to be able to do what you love because you, you're not, I think there's a difference between being invested because I've got to do it because that's what I'm paid to do. than having a genuine stoke for the reason and for doing it. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, it's been lucky by, you know, it's not by design. Mm. Um, you know, it's just been lucky that sort of I've been introduced to Andy and, and you know, the two of us sort of, resonated with each other with regards to some of the ideas but you know certainly you know my my three kids they're not involved in they they don't like football they don't like rugby they don't like the traditional sports sound like good people to me yeah but but also (laughs) you know i I don't force surfing on them you know if if they want to go down that route great if they don't they don't but but i think you know if we can open up or if lost opens up that opportunity for kids to actually explore and have a go at it and you know if they've never had a go and they, they like it, yeah. great, there's another, you know, different sport. But 
But I think, you know, for me as a professional person, you know, I teach child development and look at physical activity, yeah. especially in children. You know, it's a big issue. And, you know, if this, if Lost Shore can actually plug up some of those, those issues yeah. and stop kids dropping out from sport. Definitely. That's, it's, it's got to be a win. And I agree. Yeah. I completely agree. So, I mean, is there anything else we haven't covered that needs to be said? Um, yeah, I mean, maybe maybe going back to your point about the, um, you know, we're talking discussing the energy use in the the wave pool, and it's you know it's, the reality is you know if you're moving that much water, it's it's going to be requiring energy. But there's um, Wave Garden uh, themselves have done a lot of work on on getting the technology as efficient as um, as possible. Um, you know, there's obviously a baseline where you get to where the, just that is the energy that's required, but. Yeah. In terms of the, the energy loss in their system, um, you know they they talk about them being about uh, ten times as efficient as um, as some of the pneumatically powered systems, okay. yeah. and that was again a big a big factor in us in us choosing the technology. Just, not just that it created what we we thought was the best the best waves out there in terms of the technology at the time, um, but just uh, yeah, the, the actual energy use was was as low as as we could really see it getting. Okay. Um, you know, so you see some of the other pools, like you know this the the crazy Mad Max uh, Australian. I know for a fact I would be the only one that got sucked underneath that, and it was <laughs> <laughs> an amazing looking thing. But it is such an Australian approach to just just hit it just with a throw big hammer, something right? at it. <laughs> I, I I do know there is one planned for England to be built. What like so, that same sort of yeah, same <laughs> company? Yeah, really. Yeah, interesting. Wow. So oh. watch this space. Yeah. Be an interesting one, but um, uh, yeah, it works. Yeah, mm. yeah. and yeah, uh, to, you, yeah oh, on you. on this um, talking about Wave Garden, um, I mean they have plenty of information on their website explaining um, everything regarding energy, and uh, they are developing something that we were talking about before about trying to recover the energy uh, that is produced. That is using the waves to recover that, and they 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 have a system that recovers some part of it. Mm-hmm. So they are already on the path of oh, of good. doing that. And also something relevant to to this is that um, because of the quality of the waves you want to to achieve, uh, apart from the currents that Mark said before, you need you always want to get water dissipation to right. dissipate the energy. So when you dissipate the energy, then it's difficult to recover it. Yeah, right. So it's a really, a really interesting challenge uh, from a technological point of view to tackle. Okay. But yeah. but I think that eventually they they will get there. So they they are on track and they are making a lot of efforts to to improve it. Okay. And yeah, it's an interesting yeah. step forward. And well, um, I, I thought just you know clearly it's great. I think it's fantastic, and and I hope anybody listening to this realizes that you know you aren't just a lot of businessmen sat around in suits i mean we're literally all sat around here in ripped jeans and vans and these offices and you're just surfers the same as everyone else and you're putting you know a very complex plan into place and got absolutely no doubt it's going to be delivered to the best it will be and um, we like to ask bringing it back to surfing um best and worst uh, surf experience or wipe out uh, so let, let's go around the room yeah I mean that that's such a tricky question to answer I mean uh, 
yeah so many bad surfs spring to mind i think that's what makes us surfers right yeah it's the it's to just keep on plugging away and the the stoicism that one day the stars might just align (laughs) it's not one bad experience and 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 you're 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 playing me for a fool if you think i'm going to tell you where the best place i've ever surfed is come on (laughs) what was it referred to recently as the old Kent Road. Old Kent Road, yeah. <laughs> For Bay. reasons we will not go into. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The secret spots that are visible from the the A1 motorway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I was I was lucky enough when I when I left school, went out to, to New Zealand for a few months and surfed uh, Raglan. I mean, that's yeah, a phenomenal place. Um, yeah, New Zealand, amazing country. Um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's sort of seconded only by Scotland. You know, fair, yeah. Fair. Okay. Alejandro, let's get an actual answer. <laughs> Best yeah. experience. For me, not not in uh, exotic places. The two experiences I have in mind are happening at home. I uh, I remember the, the worst one um, when I was in that um, difficult moment where you are transitioning from your... Uh, from getting white waters to green waves, and yeah. you start to bend to yourself to the proper lineup, yeah. and going out there a day that was too big <laughs> for for my for my level, and getting dragged by the sea into open sea, and say, "Fuck, <laughs> 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 now what?" I'm <laughs> uh, trying to to go out, but well, I obviously I'm here, I survived, mm. so that's a good learning experience. And um, in terms of the best one, I, I, I can't pick one, but for me, the best, the best experience is arriving to the beach at night and then be in the water while the, the sun is going up and be oh, on your nice, own yeah. with no one around. I don't like the crowds no. yeah. when I'm surfing, so that's, that's why you me. come to Scotland to surf. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No one else in the water. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there you go. That, that was a much better answer than I, than I had lined up. Yeah, I mean, any, any surfer, where you just you, can, you feel like you're, you're really at, at one with, with, uh, with the environment, um, you know, and I realize that's maybe a bit of a um counterproductive thing for for us in our profession to be mm-hmm. saying um but you know that's that's really what we're trying to to deliver to people is is uh lost shore is not just the the artificial element you know it's surrounded by nature and yeah. you know always trying to hark back to that would, would you do something sorry before we get to you would you do something in lost shore like if you had a party of people they, they you'd let them book a whole side out is that something you'd looked at like uh, if you show me the colour of your money, and we'll uh, we'll consider it. Yeah. <laughs> or if you want, you know, two very average surfers to test the facility out for you as it's being built, we, you know, we're more than happy to help. Yeah, you with, yeah, uh, we'll, we'll talk later on. Yeah, not right. sure. Well, I think we can some agreement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, what about yourself? Um, suppose I'd have to say the best is like being lucky enough to grow up in the southwest of Australia and the amount of surf spots there. Um, Oh, that's enough about you anyway. <laughs> Can't believe it didn't say Scotland. But but also I, I mean I must admit, you know, the sort of the good side of surfing in Scotland is coming from the southwest of Australia, it's just getting crowded and more crowded and more crowded over a, a longer period of time, whereas here I can go for a surf and get get a spot by myself and yeah. no one around, which is, you know, just as nice. Yeah. Um yeah. bit colder, but also I don't have to worry about big things with teeth. Yeah, there is that. <laughs> well, have you been round that in I was going to say, with that, any experiences out in Australia then of anything like sharks or bad experiences? 
Uh, yeah, quite a few experiences with sharks and, and yeah, other things, beginner surfers, dying on the beach, oh those God. sorts of things. Um, but yeah, no, where I grew up, sharks are a common thing, so you don't really think about them. Um, I lived on the East Coast for a year and that was right in the heat season of all the shark, shark attacks right. happening around there. So, um, yeah, it's, it's quite nice to not have that in the back of your mind when you're yeah. surfing out here. You're not really thinking about them. I think last year there were like 57 incidents with sharks and only five people died in the world because of shark attacks reported. Shark more pe- attacks, more so. people die from cows every year. That's yeah, actually a yeah. genuine fact. Sure. And I feel like sharks have just got bad PR. Yeah, I feel like if I was to run sharks' Instagram page for them, I could bring them back up on par with, I don't know, like giraffes or something cool. Do you know what? <laughs> and if you are worried about sharks, do you know where you could go and surf? You can go and surf at Lost Shore. Oh, guaranteed shark free. Guaranteed shark free. You may get a few snakes. I mean, you've put a guarantee on it. You have to be careful because I will go to some extreme lengths (laughs) to get a claim. What's the money back? What's the money back guarantee? (laughs) All right, guys. And um, yeah, just before we wrap this up, then, can you say where you can be found online? Yeah, so, uh, so, yeah, lostshore.com. It's, uh, yeah pretty straightforward that's that's where we'll be living um you know there's we don't have a huge amount of presence at the moment um you know we kind of feel that substance is better than uh um what's that ex- well-known expression um, Se- seemingly not that well known <laughs> in here we want to make sure we've actually got something uh, really tangible to talk about you know we don't quality feed- over quantity maybe yeah, there we go, there we go, that's it. Um, yeah, Pounds it, over pennies? <laughs> Just making stuff up now. Bros <laughs> <Throws> over hoes? <laughs> All of the above. But yeah, the reality is, we, we, you know, we're rather than uh, thinking about, you know, our social media and trying to kind of promote that and trying to get people excited when we're still effectively, you know, uh, still a year out, yeah. um, it's uh, it's much better that we focus uh, our our efforts on actually delivering yeah. this. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, and what, when, the, when we get closer to the time when it's it's time to get excited. Don't worry, you'll hear, hear from us. Absolutely. Yeah. And and again, for people that want to try and find you, where roughly you're located once they're ready to surf and when will you be looking to be open? Uh, so, yeah, just, uh, just sort of Ratho, a tiny little town just on the west of Edinburgh. Um, it's, I mean, it's an absolutely ideal location, uh, you know, sort of just outside of Edinburgh, not far from Glasgow in the central belt of Scotland. So really it's, it's uh, you know, for people travelling there, uh, dead easy. The... Uh, Edinburgh trams are even talking about making their way really? out to that direction. So, I mean, yeah, who knows? 20, maybe Ratho. 2050? Ratho. Ratho. R-A-T-H-O. T-H-O, yeah, Ratho. The, the traditional yeah. spelling of Ratho. Yeah. I just, uh, there's going to be some English guy out there going, what did he say? I want to go there. But <laughs> you keep saying places and they're not like they're spelt. To be fair, even taking you around when we went up north, I looked at some of the names and I was like, we still in Scotland. <laughs> I thought that, so you've got no hope. Well, guys, thank you so much for having us. And, uh, you know, we definitely look forward to, to watching the progress and, and seeing it open and in action. Thank thanks. you very much. Yeah, it's been great chatting. Thank thanks, you. guys. Cheers. Gracias. Well, thanks for that, everyone. Pete. That I thought you were going to do Dr. Nick off The Simpsons then. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. <laughs> hey, everybody. <laughs> Definitely not. Well, there's a, a lot just happened. A lot. And, uh, I don't know where to start, really. I mean... Um, well, it's just... It's sound, like, to me, like what I've seen, you've obviously seen a lot more than me, and um, mm. hopefully you're going to throw me some photos and videos that I can put across the top of this on the YouTube, because 
this one isn't video. We should have said that at the beginning, shouldn't we? Really, yeah. you know, it's. Um, I think this is the last one that's not video. It, it is, and we'll try and keep it like that. We're feasible yeah, as well, unless. But there was reasons. So when we recorded, first of all, we didn't know when we were going to be allowed to put it out. Um, so we didn't do video for where we first recorded. We thought we didn't know where we were going to be. Um, and then, yeah, as as we say, it was split up, but there sounds just like, it sounds like it's going to be an amazing place. I mean, it's going to be an amazing place. And I guess before we even talk about the facility, um, should we start with Andy? Um, you know, we've kind of, we've not even scratched the surface there. You know, the, the background, yeah. Andy comes with like you wouldn't believe um and you know, I'm kind of learning this along the way but he's not just he's what I'm saying is he's not me and he's not just winging it <laughs> you know and there's rhyme reason he actually knows everything. stuff and knows what he's doing <laughs> yeah, totally. yeah yeah but totally. like we said we we will do a full episode on him like near yeah. the time when the place is opening we'll, he'll have a full episode and it'll be everything you know all about his history of surfing all about how he got into it where he got started and all of that yeah for sure yeah and um yeah like i say there's a lot of history comes with andy from a sporting background as well as you know the business side and stuff and uh, yeah that i think that will be a great standalone episode and and one for people really to get their teeth into (laughs) yeah and uh and you know the rest of the team um, so we spoke to to Mark, we spoke to Alejandro, and we spoke to Brendan, and there's there's so much to delve into. I don't even know if we would have the time to talk about all of I it. I think, I think I think everyone like it's one of those ones where it's it's more speaking about the place because they all explain their jobs, what they do, and you know all their stuff. They explain that really well. I don't think they can go in, you know, no. they, like, and then like um, Andy said as well, they're all, they've fallen into these jobs like they're made for them, you know, yeah, they're, like, they're all putting in their, their effort in the right places and getting stuff done and moving it forwards. And I mean, it's, it's more of an episode. This is tell you about what's coming because it's not open till next year, you know, yeah. it's over 12 months away so i mean yeah. this episode is telling you what is what is to come and the fact that you'll be able to get straight on a plane from well i'll be able to get on a plane at bristol and by the time do you know what i was thinking about this right yeah. a plane to brit the plane to edinburgh from bristol i think okay. last time took me 40 something minutes 51 right. minutes or something like that it's not going to be too dissimilar for the time i get on the plane and land in edinburgh and get to that place than for me to drive to the wave or even well, to drive to like what's interesting about that is it's actually it's 10 minutes from the airport to the site yeah. to to where it will be and you know it's just so accessible like it's on- probably not not so economical for me you know <laughs> <laughs> well i guess you need to get your own plane <laughs> yeah because oh, yeah, that's better for the environment <laughs> well you can bring up a few surfers i guess yeah but you know what what struck me as well is the fact that i think so far everyone i've met in fact even in the building crew the guys on the construction site like so many of them come from a surf background or surf yeah. or have dabbled in surfing. Yeah. And and I find that intriguing because it, it would be easy to just assume these are just corporate types, you know, and it's yeah. just, and obviously it is about a business because it's a business, right? Yeah. But, you know, to sit in meetings and 
everybody's so stoked on the surf aspect. It's yeah. so easy, and people tend to seemingly go off on a tangent, yeah, and chatting about surfing before someone's like, "Listen, <laughs> we'll try to get to a, a, yeah. an achievement so, here or a goal." You, or something. you know, do you know? Realistically, they had the wave gun technology like forty years ago, but it's just people like talking about surfing <laughs> is why it took so long yeah. to get it done. More than likely, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, I mean, the the place looks like it's going to be amazing, and as I say, like we'll put some pictures over the top of this, and it'll be on the. Uh, on the website with this stuff this episode but exciting thing that andy said in there that they'll do some um pre-releases at some point well i, I liked that i actually didn't notice it at the yeah. time it was a very subtle drop uh and he probably had a look around the room to see if anyone noticed and i didn't see it and yeah so there is a, a subtle <coughs> promo going to be coming later in the year and it will be if you think of it as an early bud um set of options to buy sessions basically yeah. and reserve them early so yeah watch out for more of that to come yeah that'll be good and, and yeah it's just it's an I, i'm still time. i'm still gonna try and convince him to make a, a uk surf show listener one of the first ones in there yeah you, you got that in there <laughs> yeah and <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm gonna try and hold him to it as well i'm just gonna try and get it i'm gonna <laughs> get it out sure. of stone I'm not sure he committed to it. No, Maybe no, he's going to. By the, by the time this comes out, he'll listen right. to this and he'll think, do you know what? They're such lovely lads. Let's do it. That's what he's going to think. That's what he's going to think. That would be great. And, then, yeah. and I'm curious then, who? let's say that lovely UK surf show listener is based in South Wales. Yeah. Who's paying for that trip? Are you paying for that trip? Are they going to come up on your plane? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. No, I can do it. No. But apart from Paz isn't allowed to enter because... Paz uh... is not allowed to enter. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, talking of competitions, we should probably mention the competition we've actually got running at the moment, shouldn't we? Absolutely. So we are in the... When this comes out, we're halfway through, I believe. Yeah, halfway um, through. The Ben Skinner FCS. Ben Skinner signature fins from FCS. And that is a two plus one. The yeah. latest two plus one available um and yeah i mean what longboardist wouldn't want that longboardist <laughs> like i'm well, tempted to enter just so i can put them in my longboard yeah, you keep saying you, you you keep saying about entering the bloody entering the last one as well if anyone's going to enter it i need to enter it Do you know what something just occurred to me i literally just started saying there my longboard hasn't been wet for years but what i should have said was that it's not been surfed for years because it's now been wet because you took it out when we don't even north. start. Do not you even start. It's not even a longboard. So it is not even not, a longboard. It's still not being surfed. It's just now being wet. Yeah. <laughs> you know the worst thing about this. I don't know if we've talked about it yet because, as we say, they're all like disjointed episodes where, like, we recorded them in Scotland. But the guys from Surf Able Scotland, and we were out with them, and I was surfing that bad on it. The thing is horrible. What? What is it? It's a firewire. It's a nine one um, timber tech, yeah. So it's a yeah, performance one, longboard. It's it's not it's, a performance longboard. It's like a it's like a piece of dental floss, <laughs> and uh, it's absolutely awful. And I mean, I'm not a guy of uh, of small size, should we just say? Mm. And yeah, no, I have no chance. And I know a lot of lot of shapers are like don't like to talk about volume, but I needed much more volume in that. <laughs> yeah, so what was, you call, um, are you calling that a mid length? Then is that what you think that is? <laughs> I, I, th- I think that was a short board, man. It's ridiculous. Come on, yeah. But I mean, um, to be fair uh, to you. It, that- to be fair to me, it's everyone that's I've said about the board said it's an awful board, and even you yourself say it's an no, awful board. That's 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 wrong and unfair. And I'm all right, sorry. <laughs> you, you say it's a, you say it's good because you want to sell it, and it's, once it's, you've sold it, you'll then no. say it's an awful board. 
too pretty to sell. But no, yeah. it's it's a performance board. So it's for doing it's almost like for short board kind of surfing. I mean, yeah. I can't do that on a long board, so it's no good to me. But I kind of got it with the intention of thinking wave count. But yeah. actually, it's not that. It's just not. It's got so much rocker in it for doing critical turns. Yeah. But I think the thing about it is off, like. if you weigh more than a bag of sugar, it's no good for you. Well, if you stop eating bags of sugar, <laughs> it's you. Like you stopping at McDonald's all the time. Every time we go anywhere, else, like you go, oh, I've got Crohn's disease. Yeah, because you fucking live on McDonald's. That's why. <laughs> why you put this McDonald's thing on me? That was you. Like, it was ah. you, man. No, I've got not. I've got it on video somewhere. I know I have. <laughs> Do you know what I liked as well? I liked that Andy said something. He said about, you know, because they're going to have amazing restaurants and eateries. I hate the expression, yeah. eatery. Um, but they're going to have these epic restaurants and stuff. But tailored to, you know, us average types um, in society, you know, especially you, Pete. Yeah. Like, I like how he mentioned the fact that that, the, in fact, the There's very a Greg's and a McDonald's. <laughs> the very McDonald's you visited off the plane, which are now putting on me, and a Greg's right next door. <laughs> so, you know, perfect way yeah. to end the surf. Yeah. They need to, um, I think there needs to be some sort of correlation with a cheese toasty shack, yeah. don't you think? Oh, oh, definitely. There needs to be a toasty shack in there. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I heard a disturbing story about McDonald's uh, fries the other day, but that's something we can go into when we do a um, McDonald's bonus episode. episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> a muck surf. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, so that, well, that's pretty much it for this week's episode. Don't forget to like and subscribe and comment and all that usual stuff on all the socials. Um, If you want to be in that competition, the teaser trailer that is out there on YouTube, don't forget to just go ahead and comment and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Leave a comment on that post and you'll be in with a chance to win some longboard finished. Yeah, and that competition will close down the episode after this one's released and uh, we will announce the winner that week yeah. and what the next comp is yeah and then don't forget if you want 10 percent off at surface wetsuits head over to surface and use the discount code uk surf show 23 and that will get you 10 percent off anything you order from surface wetsuits yeah so cool that's it thanks for listening thanks, thanks, thanks to all the lost shorians for uh coming on and chatting to us and telling us about what's going on yeah and uh, uh, an exciting time for surfing and not just in Scotland, for the whole of the UK. Another yeah. facility, uh, another <laughs> for the world. Oh, the so world. Get on the Lost Shore socials, check them out, and see what's going on. Yeah, until the next time. Take care of yourselves Stop and each other. Jerry. He's gone, mate. Jerry Springer's gone. He's living on in me forever. <laughs>